0: Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, Your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before. (laughs) He's really funny. Uh, Give it up for Mike. Oh, Mike!
1: Coming to you live on tape from the penthouse of a partially completed commercial high-rise in glamorous Hollywood-adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of one of L.A.'s leading cement factories, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, as seen on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Last Comic Standing, Late Night with David Letterman, and the CBS daytime drama, As the World Turns. Hello (laughs) and welcome, actor and funny man, Pete Lee.
0: Hey, how are you? I am so well. Yeah, this is great. It's so good to be in this new building. I liked your description of it. <laughs> it's uh trying to
1: keep it real here.
0: Yeah, I like <laughs> it really is funny. Like you-, you drive in and there are gate arms and then there was just like one melancholy security guard <laughs> that know. was like, What are you here for? And I was like, XM and she's like, Okay
1: <laughs> Well, we're the only floor that's in here, so it's the only correct answer yeah (laughs) and it's funny because you can see the security protocols that are going to be it's like a soft opening of an entire building yeah because you can see where they're going with what they want to enforce security wise but instead they just take a stab at it they go do you have like a pass and you go no they go Um, all right yeah (laughs) i don't don't really know what the plan is just go ahead
0: don't do anything stupid do you murder people have you ever murdered right no cool all right all up there (laughs) so uh
1: so hey nice to meet you i've seen you around i've seen you at the comedy store and we were speaking before we went uh started taping um we have a mutual friend kelsey cook who speaks very highly of you any friend of hers of mine.
0: Yeah. Kelsey is amazing. I I'm sometimes jealous of her talent because she's so funny and so like so beautiful and then um, like a great writer and like all these things that you're supposed to only be if you're unattractive. (laughs) And
1: and and she's a killer because she she handles her shit. Yeah. So many of you people are uh, are pretty worthless. It
0: really. No, seriously. people Like there are people that are way more talented than me that should have been what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. But they just were lazy or self-destructive. Um, comics are so self-destructive. Yeah. And I you know, I mean, I fought against that and I guess won, But, mm-hmm. you know, I have my own self-destructive nature. But do it, you? Yeah. You
1: don't seem obviously like a person who is hell bent on destroying yourself.
0: I mean, I'm not like, uh, we were talking about Burt Kreischer. Yeah. I mean, um, that guy seems to be trying to destroy himself, but his body's like, no, <laughs> like, like I will I will persevere. Yeah. I'm somebody, I'm a little more sensitive in that, you know, if I have a couple drinks in a night, like I wake up super hungover. So it's like my body is self-regulating against destroying myself. Yeah, I, I know. can't do it. I know. Isn't that the greatest?
1: That's the most underrated part of getting old is it's so much harder to be an alcoholic because it was super in play for me when my body would just be like, dude, just don't do it. Just, you have to wake up in four hours. Stop. Go home. And then the next thing I know, you know, I'd done exactly the thing I swore I wasn't going to do for the 20th time in a row. So easy because yeah. I'm so lame now. Being lame comes so naturally.
0: Oh my God, yeah. that That is, yeah, saved. That almost sounds like a like a garage band saved by being lame. <laughs> <laughs> We're saved by being lame. I'm actually <laughs> succeeding because I'm lame. Uh, um you're a you're a Midwest guy? I'm a Wisconsin Mid- uh, Wisconsin's where I'm from. Where are you from? I am from Rutherford, New
1: Jersey, just outside of New York.
0: Oh, the uh where the stadiums are The are stadiums
1: to- in East Rutherford, yeah. New- so I'm one highway exit. Although I grew up not driving, and so at once took me uh, 25 minutes to get there for a Jane's Addiction concert, despite the fact that it's literally one highway exit from my house. That's
0: hilarious. So you're one of the—because I, I lived out in New York. I was a New York guy for 12 years. Okay, and yeah. um, I was astounded coming from the Midwest at how many people didn't drive at all until mm-hmm. after the age of 25.
1: Right. That is—that's me exactly, because I— I grew up in a car culture, obviously suburban New Jersey, but I went to high school in Manhattan. Okay. And I remember I had friends who turned 17 that were also from New Jersey commuting in who didn't get their license. I'm like, you're crazy, dude. <laughs> Fucking morning, <laughs> I turned 17. And they're like, you'll see. And it's true. There's enough people to drive you around when you're in Jersey and the rest of the time you're just um, making an ass yourself on the subway. Yeah. In, in New York, I didn't drive until I moved out here, and I'm still awful at it. There's certain things like language that I think you need to You need to start at a certain age, or else you can never truly master them. That's what I tell myself, anyway. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, um,. That's like a lot of Uber drivers. You can tell that they move. They move to America, mm-hmm. and and it's a great job. But um, they like driving Uber is the first time that they, they've driven. I know. And you're in the back seat of this thing, going, "Well, I I'm Midwestern, and I can't give one star, mm-hmm. but that was like an you know, I almost died at every corner drive, and I still give five stars because I'm empathetic. And... I gave a guy two stars really last week. Well, how, tell me about it.
1: I was in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And I got in and the guy, I've described him subsequently as uh, Kenny Powers without the fastball. <laughs> he was wearing like blue blockers. Yeah. And I got in his car and he had some congressional hearing on streaming on his phone. Oh. And just waited until I was in the car long enough to to soak up what he was doing. Yeah. And he goes, can you believe these guys? And he's like, <laughs> The Mueller reports in. No obstruction. Move on.
0: <laughs> one of those guys that
1: that's so oh my. We, uh, the, the ride was six minutes and ended with him explaining to me that he wasn't racist because one of his siblings is married to a Chinese woman and she makes awesome buffet
0: oh my god oh my god you're I'm not <laughs> racist but let me tell you tw- 25 racist things that I believe he's not but- racist Pete he just believes
1: that if you're going to come to America um and be a part of our government you need to follow the laws of America I don't know if you know this many people come to America get a Elected to pretty high office, because they are hell bent on bringing over the laws of the land from which they came. And for some odd reason, their constituents totally on board with that plan. Continually reelect them in their fiendish crusade to subvert our democracy and our way of life. Oh my God! You, yeah, learned- now, and that, but even then, I couldn't give him one because I was like, "Well, there was nothing actually wrong with the ride."
0: Yeah. The actual car ride, <laughs> but the the information in it. Isn't it funny that that guy was like, I'm going to change minds one six-minute car ride at a time? You know this thing, basically like our version of the Israel-Palestine debate that yeah. just can't be solved right. you know through the smartest of people. He thinks that he's going to solve that. Like, literally... Jefferson and Hamilton started this as two men. It blew up to a nation divided. And Mm -hmm. this guy's like, I can do it in an Uber.
1: That's what I think every time I see somebody with um, a really staunch political bumper sticker. (laughs) I wish I had video of the person. Just the video of every single person putting on a video is, is them putting the sticker on and then looking at it for a second with their arms folded contentedly and going, let's see how they come back to that.
0: That's so funny. You're like, you know what? I morally disagree with a lot of Trump's choices because I've read what he said and then I've seen video of him saying it and it was bad. But that Trump bumper sticker does look really cool. Holy shit. It, I think it, I'm I mean, on board. It
1: rhymes. It's red, white and blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That one of my favorite jokes to do is because uh, uh, my girlfriend is a, a civilian. I call people that aren't in entertainment civilians, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so whenever we're out with her civilian friends and Trump's name just comes up, I just walk into the circle even deeper and I go, "He's a good man," and that <laughs> that's right. And then I just let it sit there for like ten seconds and uh-huh. let people go, uh, uh, because uh, like. Even Republicans at this point, if you're in a social circle, aren't going to they're going to be like, I don't know if I can go with that you know, and, but it just makes this, it just like drops this I didn't like, say I
1: liked him. What's wrong with you? I just yeah. said I'd vote for him five times if I could.
0: Yeah. I just, I just love it. He's a good man. And then just staring at people because yeah. they don't, they think you're serious. And it's like dropping a word fart into a middle of a, a crowded group of people. That's but, good
1: times. You've got, you've, you've built up the calluses to where you're, you're comfortable being uncomfortable in social situations. Oh yeah. That's one of the fringe benefits of standup.
0: I, yeah. I think stand up did that. And by the way, um, don't, I don't really think that tr- I'm not a Trump guy. Uh, uh, you don't um, actually believe he's a good man? No, I don't believe he's a good uh, man. Uh, I think know, he's agree um, to disagree,
1: man. It's a big country. I'm sure, we can all get along.
0: <laughs> you got six minutes to convince me. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I like. I I'm not somebody that like. I, tr- I when he first got elected, I spent a lot of time like actively, you know, hating him. Mm. And uh, but I've also gone to a lot of therapy, and I realized that like he's literally everyone's dad that they're mad at, you know, and like he's doing stuff. Actual stuff that's tactical stuff that is objectionable, and we can be mad at it on a daily basis. Like they, they said he does almost four things that are uh, inflammatory daily that you could be mad at. That's like one of his tactics. Um, but I do think oh, that, he, that
1: is his intention. You're saying
0: that is that is his intention. But like lately, I don't know what it is. No matter what he does, I'm just like, oh, all no, right. it's fatigue. It's abs- yeah. it's
1: absolutely fatigue. I was thinking about that on the way into um into work today how fortunate we all are, everybody who's listening to this, that like to, uh, okay, so I was, you know, the Mueller thing and then I was thinking about, do I do I care? Does it matter? And I was like, well, I didn't care about Ken Starr and I think Ken Starr was more or less the same level of uproar. About as much was riding on yeah. that, just the, 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 the mirror image of it because, you know, the sides were reversed and I'm like, I didn't give a fuck about Ken Starr mm-hmm. and I still don't totally understand what it was about and it didn't, it's never mattered that I didn't know what that was about because I was seventeen, and who who cares? These guys are these old white guys are always you know with like suspiciously long, like the sideburns over their ears, like a little bit longer than it needs to be, or just yelling like, "Is is that dyed? Are you blonde? Are you gray? I can't figure out what's going on there." I don't care about these guys; they mean nothing to me. And I have a seven year old son, and I was thinking about how. For so many people who would tell you that the country is either better than it's ever been or hell in a handbasket because of Trump, my son's life has not been affected an iota of a shred of a bit by yeah. Donald Trump being there. And how lucky are we that the things that we're arguing over politically are—there are many countries in the present day arguing over things politically that are literally life and death for their children. It's all a fucking—for now— yeah. It's all it's all a game. Isn't it nice that we're basically just yelling at each other and that's all we're really doing is venting because we've just split into two tribes.
0: Yeah, we really we really have. I, I don't even believe that there's two tribes if we're like because I I'm a numbers guy. And um, have you ever looked and seen um how many people follow Fox News? You would think it'd be 100 million or something like that. Uh, it, I don't know if I have. It's like 19 million people follow mm-hmm. them. And then it's like 2 million on Instagram or something crazy like that. And then I just Googled all the numbers of the conservative talk radio people, and it's usually between, like, four and five million. And if you add up even if – let's say that those there's no uh, there's no uh, cross-pollination of those people. If you just added all of They're that all up – They're all distinct people, right? Yeah. If you just added all the aggregate of those audiences up, it'd probably be about 30 million people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the liberal side, you know, like the bloggers, this and that, it's a little harder to quantify – them because they don't all pull to one, you know, media source. But let's say that that's thirty million people on the like very liberal side. Um, you that's sixty million people. There's three hundred thirty million people in this country. Right. So the media likes to say like hey, we're a nation divided, but I think it's like thirty on one side, thirty on the other side, and then the rest of us are reasonable. I strongly agree and strongly
1: disagree with what you yeah. just said because I think particularly on the conservative side, a lot of the people who are like one of the uh, Trump's strengths was. Um, appealing to uh, unsexy outlets, for the National Enquirer being the most obvious example. Or oh, You yeah. reach people through the Enquirer, um, and that was a conscious decision to do that. People who read the Enquirer are probably not also... On, on Instagram. That's true. And also, if you think about it, a nation of 300 million, we all know that half of the country is completely disengaged. They are the lucky ones, disengaged from the political process. Oh. And then there's how many children, how many incredibly old people. That's actually quite a bit of the voting electorate that's actually, because you'd have to think if you're following one of those people, you're a voter, because what the fuck would you be doing? No, a, no nine-year-old.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess um I think I read the I think like 17% of the country is children or something uh, I forget what that is, but um yeah, you might be right. Maybe maybe we really are a nation divided, but
1: No, but I strongly agree with you in the yeah. regard that the vast majority of people don't and I I I know this is true. I don't just have to believe this is true. Yeah. There are strong um Majorities supporting most reasonable, like I'm just going to pick things out of the air, like some sort of modest gun control. An overwhelming majority of Americans support that. Like, uh-huh. uh, you know, gay marriage. Overwhelming
0: majority. Yeah. We
1: we people get off on the wedge issues. I mean, if you want to get this, I can't believe I'm
0: having this conversation. With, no, a, with a comic, but and I'm like one of the. I'm I'm not a controversial comic. I know like, you're not. I'm not political or yeah. anything like that. But um, maybe you, that's why this is. Do you wear, do you wear good. clean? I do wear clean, and not because it's. Um, I mean, there are times where it's like a Saturday night, and I'm out at the Des Moines Funny Bone, and I'll say a few fucks or whatever. But like, for the most part, I work clean just because it's harder. You know, like it's it's more challenging. I feel to work clean and mm-hmm. to because uh, to trigger somebody emotionally with swear words or gratuity is easier to to elicit an emotional an emotional reaction, but to be clean and elicit an, a reaction is harder. Why do you think, think that is? Um, I don't know. I think um. For me, it's because, like, I've I've become so good at it within the framework of my point of view. That it's almost as easy for me to do that, but at first I was trying to crack this code and figure it out. And so this was a conscious decision you made early on. It was was it
1: a was it a career decision? Because there's a lot of work for clean comics that doesn't. Um, just,
0: or was it just that you like the challenge of it? Um, it was more that I like the challenge of it, but also uh, at Acme Comedy Club where I came up, Lewis Lee was like, "You need to work clean. You're going to have more options." You know, d- so like there was um, he was like my disapproving Chinese father. Uh, you know, he's not my dad, even though he has my last name. Last name, but um, it's. A I assume that it
1: would have been kind of weird if you called your dad Lewis. Yeah,
0: Louis, yeah. <laughs> What's up, Louis? <laughs> um, but he, you know, he's a mentor. He's been a mon- mentor to a lot of comedians, and he just urged me to do that. And he'd be in the back of the room, and I would never want to disappoint him. So I would, I just started working clean. And then when I first moved to New York, uh, I lived in New York for twelve years, and. I started trying out like dirtier comedy because at that time, like the whole tough crowd crew, you know, like Norton and Patrice and uh, Keith Robinson, like they were dominating everything. And then Daniel Tosh was, you know, everything Tosh Tosh.0 on Comedy Central. So like everybody that was a little bit dirtier or Jessel Nick was really coming up. So it was really like mean comedy was really cool. Uh, so I looked at that and was like, all right, I'm going to try my hand at that. So pro- for probably about a year and a half, I was like, what's my version of that? And it turns out that when I do that, audiences are like, no, <laughs> like they fucking hated me, like like that through that whole time of trying to write those meaner jokes. So, um, but it's funny that I brought up Jeselnik because um, I had an old manager that reached out to me and he's like, you know what? He's like, you have a lot of these jokes that are kind of like some are over here in nice land, some are in mean dirty land, and he goes, I really think that you need to be looking at Anthony Jeselnik and like Tosh and uh like a lot of like like dirtier urban comics and going what is the photo negative of that because he's like i think that that like if this is funny over here the exact opposite of it would be really funny and he's like and what i what i see of you in your daily life is that you're literally walking through life like struggling, every, like in every interaction. Um, uh, I, I was with my old manager at a comedy club, and like they owed me money from that set and the set before that and the set before that. And I had to go up to this like bartender and be like, Um, hey, could I, yeah. can I have my money, please? And the, and the money that's mine. And the guy was like, Oh, just wait a second. And my manager was like, This is your nightmare. Like all conflict is your nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know like you're you're trying to be nice like this guy who's a total asshole you want him to think that you're a good person even right. though he's not one right and he's like this whole sphere of um you know uh, of how you you go about your day is so funny and there's so much there every day that he's like you need to be focusing on this instead of trying to say the meanest thing you know
1: who are these representatives you've come across who actually have valid useful Insight into your
0: art. Who actually care? <laughs> well, and have good ideas too. I know that it's almost like a throwback. Um, it I, is. He, um, I won't say that guy's name, but um, he, you know, he has been a really great manager in entertainment for a long time. But um, I now have a really great rep named Andy Ferig at Brillstein, who is also the same way. Like I've, I've been so lucky to have managers and reps throughout my career that like actually want to work on something and build your point of view and care and and sit down and watch tape you blow and my mind here it's crazy yeah because i've had one i had one that didn't want to do that and would like if you called him and was like hey i need to talk to you about um my set he'd be like oh i just just figure it out talk to your friends okay and <laughs> he'd be like that's what comics are for talk to them
1: yeah this is the only story i've ever heard is people who have had that experience time six
0: yeah yeah i don't i don't know what that is i think that um I think I've generally chosen good people, you know, um, to work with in entertainment. There are good people in entertainment I'm that, told. that care. Yeah. Or at least they care while you're making them money. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. So why do you think, because I, I think I, I know what you're talking about with wanting ultimately strangers to like you and yeah. th- and that's there's some intersection of that in being conflict averse. yeah. What are your? I don't want to necessarily ask you where do you think that comes from, unless you think that's an interesting part oh. of the answer. But what is that? Why? Why do? Why do we do that? It's funny. When people I... are when people are mean to us. Why don't we like? Why are we not equipped with the tools to go back at them and give them what they're serving us?
0: Yeah, it's. Um... Well, it's it's funny that you say that i have an answer to your question but then i'll say that it's like my whole life feels like i'm playing by a set of rules yeah, to uh-huh. be a good person uh-huh. that my, i've had therapists suggest that it's like religious based but i'm not even religious um and but it's almost like a relig- like a ned flanders kind of person that is like when i go out into the world you know like i will make my enemies my friends and i will be good to everyone cuz the lord is watching and it's almost like i'm operating on that platform even though I don't even know if I believe in that thing like I I just I feel like it's the best way to operate you should be honest you should be kind to people even if somebody's a dick to you you should be kind to them um it's just it, I feel like it's the easiest way to operate even though it's the hardest way to operate because nobody else is doing that you know like you and I are doing that there's a percentage of people that are doing that but most people are giant douchebags it's almost like we're all playing a game, most of the people are cheating, and we're like, we're going to play by the rules and win, because that's the only way to win, and everybody's like, you're an idiot, because well, right. we're cheating and we're winning, and nobody cares.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, there is absolutely, yeah, there is no referee to this game, ultimately, and I, I feel like, yeah, if you were to cheat and win, then it's no fun to have won, because yeah. you cheated. Yeah. See, I did have the religion thing put on me, and more and more, I'm, I never had... A, a, nuns didn't hit me with rulers and stuff like that it was more of psychological warfare yeah <laughs> but the more i get out in the world and the more i see that the assumptions that i had that i thought everybody shared are actually really bizarre and antiquated
0: yeah it's crazy and i i just watched this um this interview with stern uh speaking of we were talking about how he was using the studio the last time that i was here um uh I saw this interview where he he went to a lot of psychotherapy, and he realized that the reason why he wanted to be a comedian is because he was always trying to please his mother, who was uh, unpleasable, you know, um, or he was trying to cheer, cheer up his mother, and um, sometimes she could be cheered up, sometimes she couldn't, and then he also wanted the attention of his father, you know, so... I think that those two um, factors are absolutely the case in my life. Like, okay, you know,
1: you've mentioned a few times uh, yeah. therapy.
0: Now, you, yeah. I wouldn't
1: assume that you're a therapy guy. Clearly, it's a central oh yeah facet.
0: Yeah, I'm not in it right now. Uh-huh. Uh, I was in it for about I was probably in it for like 14 years. Whoa! And um, I just I I I'm taking a break from it because at a certain point you learn all of the stock things that a therapist will do for you. And then the last therapist that I went to was pretty advanced and taught me a lot of really great tools. And, um, I just, you know, I I heard Bill Burr say this one thing, like, like I'm, he was, he's taking a break from therapy too, because he goes, he goes now at a certain point, he goes, I'm doing the same thing, just talking out my problems. And usually I'm coming to the solution myself because I've been to so much therapy, but yet I'm paying this guy a car payment every week. Yeah, and and it's it's a weird agreement. Like I I think that people should do therapy. I believe in it. My girlfriend is a psychiatric nurse practitioner, so like I am very, uh, psych, uh, interesting. Positive, Out of all know?
1: people that you would have ended up with somebody in that field.
0: Yeah, it's it's really great, and it, it's fascinating to have conversations with her and to talk to her about psych, and I I believe in psych. But that being said. I think that you need to make sure that you get a good therapist because a lot of them don't care. I have friends that are therapists that are like, dude, I don't even listen. And like I half listen and I get paid one hundred and seventy five dollars an hour. So there's that. Um, These are
1: friends you've met through her, I'm assuming.
0: Um, through her and then also through just my own, you know, living out in the world. Uh-huh. Um, uh, friends I- are terrible people. Yeah, I have, a, I have a friend from New York that is, like, literally terrible. She's like, I literally look at my phone. I, like, she's like, I have an iPad that I'm supposed to be writing down their stuff. Like, I write it on an iPad. She's like, I'm literally, like, scrolling through Instagram. And I'm like, I don't know how you... How do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? But also, how would you do that job? You know, like, my girlfriend doesn't do talk therapy. She doesn't listen. To, she's a prescriber. She mm-hmm. um She helps people medically. Yeah. And she's like, dude, I don't know how you would ever listen to some, like, over and over and over for an hour a day, you know, like, so I, I have empathy for those people, but not
1: an hour, obviously for, for hours.
0: Yeah. For hours and hours and hours. And, um, you know, they make a handsome living, but, um, you know, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if you're going to choose a therapist, really choose one carefully, and then also see if that person's really helping you because they can help you way faster than they do. Like they really can help you way faster than years. Like, like my old my last therapist. Oh, they're
1: just like stringing you along.
0: Stringing you along, like uh, it, it like it's it's cra- my last therapist did more for me in three months uh-huh. in the first three like in the first three weeks like we solved all these big things and um and, and it was amazing and I was like I called my last therapist and I I was like I cursed her out I was like I can't believe that you did nothing for five years like this is crazy and i've talked to a lot of other psych professionals that are like yeah we could we could help faster like we really could we could get to the bottom of the problem was that a
1: breakthrough breakthrough for you to call her and bitch her out
0: yeah it felt relieving hell yeah and i don't like, like i said there um if for people that are listening especially the people in the psych profession uh i know this might be triggering you know cuz anytime if people were shitting on comics and i was listening to something i would be like oh hey i want to write you a, an email but um You know, like, there are very, very good people in psych, working in psych. and I'm sure Um, all those really
1: good people are aware that they may well be outnumbered by lazy assholes. Yeah. If you can't, you know, I mean, honestly, I think that people who listen to this show, for the most part, are smart enough to understand the the English language.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You'd be, oh, my God. Well, I mean, you'd be surprised at just how many people out there, like... They're high-functioning college graduates, uh, intellectuals that they just get one thing in their mind and they go with it. I, and then
1: I went to college with tons of dummies.
0: Yeah, it's isn't it crazy? It's yeah,
1: insane, dude. I went to a, a, a very good school, which I it's, my entire academic career is kind of like a very fortunate fluke. But I remember this guy who was like an above-average student. One time, handed me. It's like our sophomore year of college, very expensive private university. I. I got shot in the eye with a paintball and got a settlement, which is what paid for me going there.
0: Oh my, are I you kidding me? You yeah, got- Yeah, I got
1: shot the, I got. I got cataracts when I was 14 and then when oh, he went to, to college. And this kid comes over to me and he goes, I, was, I got a C in this paper. He goes, Fuck, read this paper and tell me how this is a C. And he hands me the paper and it was like an eight page paper. He had indented the first line and had never indented another sentence for the rest of the <laughs> thing. <laughs> that guy right now- a, Willing to bet makes more money than you and I put together. Like oh. it's fucking ridiculous how that's why I'm so down on college. Luckily, my wife is also like a uh, an anti-intellectual as well. We're like, yeah, sending our kids to trade school. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. Um, my daughter's going to be a mechanic if I have anything to say about it.
0: It's funny that you say that. I don't. My girlfriend and I don't even have any kids, but we've been talking about it, and she's like, I want them to go to one of those schools where you start focusing on what you're good at early on. Hell yeah! And um uh is that a jonas brother that just walked by it might be <laughs> that's, that's that's so that's what's so funny about SiriusXM xm studios is you're you're like is that kathy griffin and a jonas brother I, it's really really funny <laughs> like, it's what? like uh I, I think you're a little bit of a
1: sports guy right you've done so many, oh, yeah when you watch the the sports center ads mm-hmm. it really like i just was like peeing next to jacob dylan the other day that's so crazy it's neat
0: it's uh speaking of that um stuff um Hollywood is so weird. I go to Equinox to the gym mm-hmm. and uh, Fabio is there all the time. And the first time that I ever saw him there, I was just getting changed. And he walked up next to me and just started changing the lock, you know, with the locker next to me. And like my peripheral vision was like, I think that's Fabio. Like and then I was like, I think that's Fabio's dick. You know, <laughs> like, I know I just talked about being a clean comedian and now I'm talking about Fabio's dick. But um,
1: it needs to be to, when you spot it in the wild. It really, it's not like it's not just like seeing a unicorn in the wild. It's like seeing a unicorn's dick.
0: Yeah, it really is. I thought the I, I thought his dick was going to have the same hair as him. <laughs> I know, <laughs> just like a you blonde wig. You think he at least over. conditions
1: his pubes? <laughs> yeah, he's got a reputation to uphold. He's um, yeah, but he anything remarkable about his genitals?
0: Um, uh, I mean, he's a huge person, so you can imagine Great. what's going on I'm there. Glad but, to hear that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he uh. Um, the, I didn't want to say hi to him but the dude next to me was like are you Fabio and okay. he was so cool and like just like you can tell that his whole life is are you Fabio and he's really cool with it he was the nicest guy
1: you gotta you gotta make your peace with that yeah. because the, the thing that you wanted could become your absolute worst nightmare if you're not if you're not careful and it's so easy to see how yeah you know. Hey, the, the angry thing, I've often wondered mm-hmm. about the
0: you know being able to
1: be angry at people. Sometimes I think it might be cool if I just pick like a day a month to just go around being a dick to strangers.
0: Yeah. Do you think
1: that would help at all?
0: I like that. Uh, I rage Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like everybody else is doing it. Why can't I? I just went to a supermarket in New Jersey and everybody just yells at each other there. It's just like a way of life.
0: Yeah, I think that I had that when I lived in New York where I would... um. I had moments where I have a bit about how I got into a screaming fight with a guy on the subway uh, because- what, he, train, what train are
1: we talking about here? Uh,
0: I was on the 7 train going from Queens to Manhattan. So you're in Queens or in Manhattan? Uh, I was coming from Queens going into Manhattan, and okay. this kid didn't like that I had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the train because oh. he, was, he has a peanut allergy. Oh, Jesus. So his solution was to come up and get closer to the sandwich and mm-hmm. yell at me and- um, the, the whole thing ended by me blowing on my sandwich at him <laughs> and saying there's no such thing as second hand sandwich and um and it was like and he didn't die and like whatever i don't even think that he had a peanut allergy um if you have one i'm sorry that i did that but uh i Yeah no that ain't cool. Yeah that ain't cool cuz i think 15% of the population now has it. No, I was, is it? Yeah, it's it's crazy cuz it, it's rising so much. Oh my um, god. Yeah and they say I I just read this study that said basically like if you exposed kids to peanuts at an early age cuz the reason why they're rising is because like mothers don't go around peanuts anymore uh newborns it's like just in case no peanut but if you literally expose them slowly they wouldn't get it and it's it would be back down to like 0.1%. Oh. Oh
1: cool cuz I uh, 4 days ago stuck peanut in a 10 month old's mouth just cuz you got to do that. Yeah, you got to do it. You, you go okay, what are we doing? You got your keys, everybody all set. We're going to stick Yeah. A a pinky full of peanut butter in her mouth and see what happens. Yeah. She dug it. I think we're cool.
0: I mean, there's a small percentage of the population that's truly, you know, um, truly lactose intolerant, truly gluten intolerant. Absolutely. Yeah. Like all those things. But we're, if you don't drink milk for a month and then you go drink it again, that's the lactose challenge that they keep telling people to do. If you don't do it for a month and then you reintroduce it, it will cause inflammation, like mm. it, it, it in almost everybody.
1: Yeah, some people are lactose intolerant, but none of us are really supposed to be drinking another animal's milk. If you think about it, it's just the most barbaric, creepy shit ever.
0: It is creepy, yeah. but I also love Dr. Pepper, and I don't think any other animal drinks that. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but you know, you're you're right, you're right. But uh, that, um, I had a question. So my girlfriend and I were thinking about, we're talking about the having a kid, can... yeah. yeah, and we would obviously, you know. Um, like it'd probably be like we'd get married have a kid or whatever do you like it like I know that you can't say that you don't but I like it's I'm gonna the... do
1: that thing where I say yes while I shake my head vigorously yeah. from side to side no it's the it's the greatest mm-hmm. but people have the wrong idea it's it's so crazy to me how um many people and they have to know better even as they're thinking and saying it think like I would be happier if I were in a relationship mm-hmm. well that's stupid you would be happier if you were in a relationship with somebody you wanted to be in a relationship with. You'd be far less happy if you were in somebody that you just decided to be in a relationship with because it was time for you to be in a relationship. Yes. And I think everything sort of follows that. Yes, marriage is I, my my wife is the greatest. Like it was the yeah. biggest the biggest no-brainer ever, you know. I I don't know I'm even one of those people where she better die. She better die before me. Yeah. And then I'll just like lay down next to her bed and just like shut me off too. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're, we're very, very, very simpatico. And then the kid thing, we had one kid and we liked him so much. We decided to not have another one. Oh, that's great. Cause we were just like, this is great too. We got a power trio this is, we're we're kicking ass. All the things that you thought were gonna change, we won't be able to do this. He travels really well. We're like, why are we gonna fuck with this man? Just because you're su- kind of supposed to. That's kind of the 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 image that you have in your mind is you know the two point four kids or whatever it is. And then he got to be like five, and he didn't really like need us anymore. And that whole time we'd spent going, God, when will he just fucking leave me alone so I can get back to my life? <laughs> as soon as he got over that hump, I was like, ah. Oh. I could have done a little bit more of that. Oh shit.
0: Oh yeah, you wanted a little bit more of the neediness of uh, the, and the stuff. Uh, of just the, the baby stuff, mm-hmm. the
1: kids stuff. I always remember this example I always go to. I remember the first time we were buying a Christmas tree and he must have been like two or three or whenever he could talk and walk and think a little bit. And uh and they gave him a candy cane, which I can't think of a more taken for granted piece of like treat. Mm-hmm. Candy. who gives a fuck about a candy cane you could have a, a box of them in your house for a year and never once be tempted to eat a candy cane and they give it to him when we get the tree and he's like what's that I'm like it's candy and he's like can I and I go yeah go ahead and he unwraps it and he's just like mmm <laughs> mm, this is really good <laughs> and I'm like yeah you're right yeah, candy canes are really great.
0: Yeah, they are incredible. Like,
1: they're really 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 tasty and just just repeat that a thousand times. The joy of getting to watch them do shit for the first time. And and people I've I, actually some bitter comics I've had I've had disagreements with them where they're like that they're the kind of typical cliché anti-kid people where uh-huh. they're like I'm so sick of my friends going on Facebook and saying, "Oh, look, my kid learned how to talk. Everybody learns how to talk. It's not a fucking it's not a fucking big deal. And it's like, I don't think any of your friends would argue or are presuming that it is a miracle that their child is able to talk. Yeah. But it is a very big deal (laughs) when every distinct human being learns how to do these fundamental building blocks of human existence, like walking and talking and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And how can you how dumb are you? Yeah, I almost
0: want to name the name, but
1: like, how dumb are you? Oh yeah,
0: I, now I want you to name the name, and we can roast that person. She's but. she's
1: she's a, she's a bitter lady, and she's loving it.
0: Oh, okay, I'm trying to now I'm narrowing it down even more. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's funny comics we're all like pro wrestlers, right? We're all different and you'd think that we wouldn't be friends but we all know one another and it's such a small And world. have little battles with one another, but Yeah, she's it,
1: she's great. But no, so yes, it's 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 awesome. And if you're you I think you're a cool guy. I think I you well enough to to know that. It, you seem like a you're a very nice person. I don't think that's a facade. I'd be shocked if you had checked up with somebody who was a, you know, a miserable
0: person to be around oh, so i've you, done that before but now i'm over that and now i'm with the best person ever yeah. you know like i was choosing unhealthy people for me mm-hmm. and um i never wanted to ever have a kid because and i didn't realize that it was because i was with a partner that it would have been a life sentence to be with them that's and, the
1: greatest argument that everyone's afraid to make for abortion
0: really oh yeah. And, yeah. and for
1: birth control and the whole kit and caboodle just think about the first girl that you were in like a somewhat serious relationship with, or less than serious relationship if you guys just had the kid. Yeah. I'm assuming you were having sex, so you were doing the thing that makes the kid. If the
0: world was full of just those babies, oh. what a
1: worse world we would live in!
0: Yeah, that'd be that'd be terrible. That um, no, I mean my I make my girlfriend get an abortion every month. Uh, you gotta wait till the time is right. It's just you know I um, it's yeah. just something I believe in every single <laughs> month. Yeah. Uh, I'm obviously kidding. I've <laughs> I I believe done that it's God's but...
1: plan for me to have the plan yeah, for it, when we have for the when
0: we have the <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just all part of His magnificent creation.
0: It's yeah. I was at the. Seller a few weeks ago and noam the owner who's one of my good friends he's he's somebody that you know w- w- one of his favorite things to do is to debate just he love. he's a lawyer by trade he loves to debate and they were having the biggest abortion debate back at the seller table and i was sitting with uh jessica kerson and marina franklin at another table just going like how do they think they're solving this right now? Like it, that is really one of those things where people get into these heated debates and they're frothing at the mouths and then they leave like, man, I did, I did something, but it's like, nobody changed their minds. And no. it, it's, uh, it really is uh, an endless cycle of a debate because, you know, you go around and you go around and you, you go around and I don't even like, I don't even know. I feel like I believe things on both sides of it. Sure. You know, like, like uh, I went to see that bodies, the Exhibition yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 They have the the, the 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 human bodies that they started melting at some point, right?
0: Yeah. They they did. Um. Now I think they're preserved again. They froze up again. That's good. The the whole thing. You go there and you almost wonder if it's like a, uh, pro life exhibit because you go there and you see all these bodies. You see the heart. You see the nervous system. Uh. You see the cardiovascular system. All all that kind of stuff. And then at the end. The last room is just aborted fetuses and you're like, "Is it really? Yeah. And you're like, well, that was Whoa. not on the billboard. It's not on the billboard. It's not. Uh, and I mean, children go, you know, and um, and you're 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 going, oh, wow. That like and it's powerful, like it really is powerful where you see the size at certain weeks. And even if it was exaggerated by a certain percentage, you're still like, oh, wow. And I've always been very pro-choice, but that was. The first time that I went, okay, I can kind of see what people are talking about.
1: Oh God, yeah,
0: you know, like, uh, yeah, that's a that's a big thing, uh. dude.
1: It's the both sides of the debate are are utterly. Uh, it's a lot of times. Um, uh, I, I think what we end up with is there's a team of people who believe life ought to be a certain way mm-hmm. and if we start making concessions for the ways that life is flawed then we go down the slippery slope and it becomes even worse than it is and mm-hmm. then there's the other side that are saying it is inherently flawed and we need to deal with life not as we wish it would be but as it actually is and mm-hmm. that's where the compelling argument for, for pro-choice comes from because I, I it it actually makes me respect the left a lot less that they go I cannot understand how you would not be, it's a woman's rights woman's right and i'm like mm, there's a baby in there too there's a little baby yeah a person that baby probably would like to say in this as well
0: yeah that's the part of it that i just recently started seeing yeah and and i um i get it it's a hard it's
1: a it's a very difficult subject and, and nobody should be uh glib about their position on
0: it yeah it's i mean but yeah like like you said i think i think i mean I think that that's how people got to pro choice or like the wording of pro choice, you know, Mm -hmm. like like we're not pro that we had to. We still understand that that is a deep, heavy thing that Mm -hmm. makes people feel bad a lot of times. Yeah. But it's your right to choose that. Rhetorically, know? they had to make it
1: about the mom, not about the baby, because it's a that's a that's tough sledding Oof. trying to make the yeah the baby
0: case. Yeah, that's that's a that's a toughie. Yeah. Um, morning but, after pill, though. Uh, I, well, you know, where do you
1: draw the? I mean, nobody. I don't think anybody is. You know, you're not going to get anybody who's going to vote for no condoms. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody is comfortable with
0: <laughs> with a certain level of of
1: the thing. But I, I, w- but it, it, but again, I think it, it, if you say yes, try to prevent it from happening. But once it happens, it's out of your it's out of your hands and there's a third interested very interested party in this yeah. well i mean that's a that's a that's a more compelling if we're being honest mm-hmm. a more compelling line in the sand than uh roe versus wade which is um uh what's i can't think of the word right now where maybe it could exist outside of the outside of the woman's body yeah uh, fuck, it ends in a i know way.
0: i know what you're talking about um yeah. i had a i had a funny thing i was buying um uh my girlfriend and i like uh, or I won't even say which girlfriend that I've had in the past. So decade, many who let's can say, even yeah, get so good. many. <laughs> um, but it was it was a girlfriend that I've had, not to identify one. Um, that uh, we, she was like, you need to go get the morning after pill. So I went to CVS and I was in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, doing a comedy club. And there was this guy behind me that was like so the, the urban heart of Arizona. The, ur- the
1: nickname of Phoenix I found out last the night. The Urban Heart of, of Arizona. Arizona. Yes. Spit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go um, ahead.
0: but this guy behind me was um he was so uh like in that set in that tribe, you know, um a red stater, uh like he was literally wearing like urban cowboy wear, you know, or, or like that like rustic southwest wear. Um, I think he was wearing turquoise, you know, in some way or on his on his fringe jacket, you know, like like that, like, Grandpa yeah, like, Cowboy. Like, like the
1: Albuquerque Airport.
0: Uh, yep. Yeah. This guy was his he was Keith Albuquerque <laughs> in Phoenix. And he and I was I was up at the pharmacy and I was like, hey, I was like, I need a morning after pill. And that's like an that's kind of embarrassing for me to go up and that's like buying condoms or whatever. And then this guy walks up beside me, goes, "Are you buying the morning after pill?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I feel weird." And he's like, "You are not going to buy that." And he started like like Jesus lecturing me and i literally turned to the guy and the guy at the counter looked at me like i'm on your side i'm on i hate that like he hated that the guy was doing that at his counter do you think this guy
1: had done this before at that counter or was I'm it a chance encounter? i'm
0: certain that that wasn't the first time yeah, that that, right. that guy gave that speech yeah. to somebody like he might hang out at cvs waiting for that that's that like, that's sort of what i'm yeah. guessing so i uh, i literally turned to the cvs guy and i go i'll have 4 and i bought <laughs> i bought 4 and i come back with four morning after pills and my girlfriend she was like she was like, "What did? Why did you get four? And I was like, "I got into an argument, and I spent. They're fifty bucks a piece, so I spent two hundred dollars just because I hated that guy." Oh, I
1: respect the hell out of that. Yeah, and that kind of stubbornness and obstinacy.
0: Yeah, I was. I was like, ah, I don't. Need, I. I think I still have the three somewhere. Well, um, that's, and I don't know if they go bad, but uh, you know.
1: Yeah, you probably want to check that before you.
0: Yeah, before you consider
1: firing that, firing that one off. You know what though, like. It's interesting, I think what this country really needs is somebody to explain okay, this is we can tie a lot of threads together here, I think let's do it. A lot of therapy mm-hmm. is just about making you see the thing that's so obvious, it's like the air around you that you take it for granted and you no longer like notice it, yeah, right, and that's how you get these really bad self destructive stuff is you're not making choices. it's a lot of the shit that you take for granted. I don't think most of the shouting classes of Americans have taken a moment to think why does it offend me so much when okay if some woman at some you know uh, government office in some state that's 20 states away from mine refuses to you know fill out marriage licenses for a gay couple. Mm-hmm. Do I think that's wrong? I do do I think she has a responsibility as a you know member of the government to do what the government tells her to do? Of course I believe that. But like if you actually find yourself like digging your fingernails into your palms over that lady, why do you think that makes you so angry? And I started thinking about this when you were mm. talking about the conversation at the comedy store. Now the guy at the CVS right or wrong has his reasons. He's on the front line out there trying to save lives. Yeah. Probably for religious purposes. Um, yeah. People at the, at the comedy seller are literally just getting themselves worked up because they love the argument. And I think people it would it would let so much of the air if somebody like I don't know who we all trust anymore could just like if Tom Hanks could just go on TV and go Guys, here's the reason why we're all yelling at each other and just like not obviously change people's opinions, but let so much of the pressure in the air out of the emotion that's animating people's arguments yeah. on about things that for the most part have no practical effect on their lives whatsoever. You know, like what you're, what, what, you're right. what Donald Trump does with China today Actually, it was where my mom. I'm sorry, my mom, my wife uh, manufactured. Did you see another Jonas brother?
0: I did. Yeah. That, I, Is that for sure a Jonas brother. I don't know. That that could be Ethan Jonas. I don't know. <laughs> like just one of the spare. He's, he's in the family. <laughs> it's the Menudo. They'll just yeah. pass it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's he's somewhere in there. I don't know. He he has that base, but um. Uh,
1: yeah, you can just kind of tell when somebody's somebody, isn't it? That's another LA thing. Whenever I see somebody, and you're like, you're you're a thing. Aren't you're
0: you? somebody. Yeah, a Jonas brother to me is just somebody that looks really handsome and talented, but needs vitamin D. Like they have that, like are they pale? Yeah, they have that, like kind of like like dark stubble with like a like a pale face. Uh huh. And um, yeah, kinda, they
1: kind of like like a like a hobo Twilight thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, they look really. Like...
1: I don't know. The first thing I could not name one song by the Jonas Brothers, and I'm so proud of that. I got a daughter now, so I'm going to get into that world eventually.
0: I don't know if I could name a Jonas. Brother song, but I've I've seen them out. Mm-hmm. Uh um I was I was at a, a pizza place in New York and I saw them there and I just remember that was my impression was like uh like talented vampire. <laughs> you know, like they, they just I don't know, they're they're so handsome, mm-hmm. they're so talented, uh you can't even argue it, but they're they're missing a nutrient, is what I'll say.
1: Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> God Hanson must hate them.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Hanson Hanson's making a comeback. Uh, where were we where were we? Oh oh the I, here's where we were at. Yeah yeah right. The um yeah my old therapist called it that everybody has a cauldron of lava that is your anger. Mm-hmm. So you you have things from your childhood that that filled that pot. And um and it, anytime like let's say somebody cuts you off in traffic or the abortion debate or something. Anytime it's something that's external to you that taps into that lava like instantly and super hard because like yeah. let, let's say that you even smacked me in the face theoretically like, theoretically that shouldn't may even make me mad enough to hit you back necessarily like like it it um nothing should trigger you that hard unless it has deep old roots within yourself that's right and so um i think that what you're saying is that Uh, If more people could figure out what those triggers were, you know, if everybody has like three or four big ones, um, like for me, the reason why I bought four morning after pills is that I was bullied in elementary school and middle school and bullying is a huge trigger for me. And so that guy came up and I felt like he was bullying me. So I was like, you know what? I don't give a fuck what you believe I'm buying four morning after pills for $200 and right and, right but, well I'm yeah I'm, I'm glad that you have
1: overcome that to the extent that you can you know you're, you're not gonna let that repeat itself even if it's in this bizarre scenario where it happens to be playing out
0: yeah I mean it did repeat itself but even even in the thing where I was fighting against the bully and yeah. I was triggered by it, I was actually aware like I know where this comes from uh-huh. but I'm still gonna win this one
1: but it's not it's not like a new thing it's always been like this like mismanners one oh one thing in polite society don't discuss politics or religion. Mm-hmm. It is going to end badly every single time and I've never nobody's ever explained to me what the reason is why if I I know a guy who flew to the flew to the Trump inauguration. Whoa. And it makes me angry to think about that guy. Why? Yeah. Why? And that's not a new thing. You know what I mean? Because this is this has been a thing for forever is people are because people get and everybody kind of knows. Yeah, we get tribal. It gets personal or whatever. But like. But why? Why? If I talk about trade policy with China, why is any of us getting angry about this? Yeah, (laughs) it's insane.
0: I here's how I feel about Trump. I think after he's out of office, I will I will look back on a lot of these things and go, "That was hilarious," but w- w- there's still a threat that mm-hmm. that it could make that one or more of the things that he's doing could actually endanger our democracy. Um, yes, and I so so while he's still doing this and jibber jabbering and, and and all that kind of stuff and saying things that uh, are. Not diplomatic and unpresidential. You could argue um, they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not willing to argue yeah. that anymore. Come at me. Yeah. The, um. While he's doing this stuff, and it feels like it's damaging, uh, at least in reputation, and you hope that it's not damaging on a deeper front. Um. While I'm still holding my breath, going fear, danger, fear, danger. All of that is. I mean, that's triggering to my most core sense of safety. You yeah, know? he's and, he's
1: he's exceptional in, in at least American history in that regard. Yeah, yeah. you
0: you go. Is this guy going to put us in danger? Yeah. And um, also, you know, he has access to our troops. Like, I Trump is the last r- rational decision maker. He's not, uh, but I wouldn't want him deciding where our troops go. You know, for their sake. I've gone over and entertained the troops. I'm by no means a military guy, but I I have great affection for our troops and. It kills me the idea that that guy, with his hair trigger and his uh, decision-making that is very inconsistent, you know, he feels one way this day, another way the other day, that he could send people into harm's way. That feels crazy.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the only thing any of us can say to that is... So far so good?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're so just, we're just
1: we're just kind of running out we're just kind of running out the clock there. You know what's what's weird if I'm Frank is that I do have a kid and you know I was like I was a, a Reagan baby. Mhm. And people had all sorts of problems with Reagan. He pretty much inspired the entire second wave of punk. Yep. But like, yeah, that was Reagan was president when I was a kid. That's my first president. For my kid to to that's his first president. Yeah. Not And anybody who's a Trump supporter is listening to this. Not the guy who thinks we should move our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Not, no, not that. The guy who thinks we should get a bunch of conservative, you know, justices. No, not that. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. That's my kid's first president. (laughs) Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you realize they're going to have to close the Hall of Presidents at Disneyland and Disney World because, Mm -hmm. because, Half the people will refuse to go inside if he's in there and half the people will refuse to go to Disney World if he's not.
0: It's it's crazy. I um I was going through TSA the other day. I, you know, I fly a lot as do a lot of comics and, um, you know, every every single president, uh, even though Obama was inflammatory to some people, uh, the president's picture was always at TSA. And I was going through TSA um, actually down in Huntsville, Alabama, which is like Trump territory. And I go, where? I go, I thought you guys would at least have the President Trump picture here, because there's every president. And they go, we're not required to put it here, but we do have to put it somewhere in the TSA offices. And I go, where is it? And they go, downstairs. And um, and I was like, oh, wow. And the guy who I was talking to, you could tell he was, you know, he was probably more of a Republican. And even he was like, it's better downstairs. You know, like, like it's just better. There's enough drama at TSA. Yeah, without without it, that, yeah. It's a good decision right now to put him in the offices downstairs, you know.
1: These are wild times. It's crazy. We're like out of time, but do you have anywhere you need to be?
0: uh no i'm gotta, uh, I get... just have to go clean out my old apartment, which I don't wanna do <laughs>
1: and i'm I haven't seen anybody show up who needs to boot me from the studio. I had a whole thing that I wanted to do with you, and we've just sort of ended up on a very uh
0: yeah it, we've talked about I feel like we've talked about a lot of uh topics that I don't normally discuss when I'm on radio, but I think that it, they're things that everybody thinks about right, so it's fun exactly. that we've talked about them,
1: okay, so but let me do the thing I was gonna do a silly thing with you mm-hmm. um Okay, so I want to know a little bit about your um, your upbringing and you're you're a Midwest guy. Are you a hockey, hunting, fishing kind of guy?
0: Um, never really hunting. Although mm-hmm. we shot guns all the time when we were little kids. Okay, like, like target practice shooting, but yeah. I've never shot an animal. Um, but fishing, we fished like constantly. Uh-huh. I would piss off my brothers. So I like I don't know what it is, but I am so good at fishing. And my dad would take us my dad owned a fishing boat. He would take us out. That was like the thing that we did with our dad. Uh huh. And my brother, he would catch like maybe two fish the whole day, and I would literally catch catch like eighty. And then my dad would switch sides of the boat to be like, all right, you know, like I'm catching more fish. Pete's on the fish side. And then now I would start catching fish. And it was, it's all about like trolling the weed beds, like, like making your, your lure go over the weed bed. So it's, it's almost like a fish. Uh-huh. And my brother was too impatient to, to like really finesse it. So he didn't catch as many fish. But so I would, um, and my brother was bigger than me, so I'd get my ass kicked almost every single time we'd go fishing because I would beat him at fishing, but it was worth the beating, you know?
1: Of course. Yeah, 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 because he he's, he, he knows he's, by winning that battle, he's losing that war. Yeah. You, you beat him at fishing and at uh, composure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what was the other, so fishing, So hunting, hunting. fishing, hockey? Yeah, actually I played hockey, uh, not until uh, it was... Uh, we started playing roller hockey a lot in, in high school, you know, with the, the ball. Yeah. And then, um, I had always ice skated and stuff, but in college I went to the university of Minnesota. So I joined a rec league and I played rec league hockey and I should have been playing hockey my whole life. Cause I have a natural knack for it, or at least I did. And, um, and I, I think I wasted not doing that. But you should have gone pro. I should have gone pro, but when I was a little kid, I was a skateboarder who got sponsored uh, by two different companies. Who? Uh, Vision Streetwear uh-huh. and then New School Skateboards, which was formerly Alva. So I got sponsored by Alva, which uh, was also my first skateboard. But um, I got sponsored by Alva, and then they turned into New School. And um, then I quit. I qu- literally, like, I called my sponsors when I was in high school, and I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this. Why? And- it was too much pressure. I went to the, I'd be going to the skate parks and they would literally fax my house a list of tricks that I would need to do. So it went from being something that like I was driving myself to do that I love to do to a job, you know, to like to a teenage job that I, you know, where the consequences were you'd be falling super hard on a vert ramp, you know, um, and you were a vert skater. I was a vert skater, and I was a, I, I was one of the throwbacks. I don't know if I feel like it's so specialized now, but um, I, like we we street skated, we did mini ramp, we did street course, and we did vert, and I loved vert because it was the scariest one. You know, this is the
1: you're blowing my mind here. Yeah. Uh, you know I'm, I'm on another show, the Jason Ellis show. Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with with it and him at all?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very familiar. Yeah, that, oh, really? That's amazing. That's cool. we should get you on over there. I d- I would love that. Yeah. So this
1: whole thing I wanted to do is I thought because I don't know how to do a goddamn thing. I'm like the least effective <laughs> man who's ever lived. And so I
0: made this big list
1: of things that like dudes are supposed to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we go through it together and fumble our way to the best possible answer. But it turns out you're a man, Pete Lee.
0: I am. I am a secret man. And you know what's funny is that. It, I talk a lot of my act about my lack of masculinity, but like I built a house when we oh my were, when, God. when we were in high school, my friends, one of my friend's dads, uh, you know, he was a, a tech ed teacher and he was like, we're going to build. He goes, we need a new house and we your summer job is that this group of friends, you guys are going to build it for us. And so we all built a house and he taught me like every aspect of whatever. So we're moving into this new apartment and like some of the cabinets need finishing. Like there, there's like just different work around the apartment and I got out my tools and I'm doing this in front of my girlfriend, and she's like, she's like, it's so funny that you call yourself a pussy in your act, but you're literally doing carpentry in our apartment. I'm like, well, yeah, I know how to do this.
1: That's amazing. And I just painted the interior of a garage, which is just grunt work, and I've been with my wife for 15 years, and she's like, that is the only masculine thing I've ever seen you do.
0: I think that's very masculine, and uh, yeah, oh, I, I was
1: covered in paint and shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I got to go to the store get another gallon yeah run run low, totally fucked up my clothes, <laughs> 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 so you know how to do all this shit. I made a big list of stuff, and you are you already
0: talk carpentry, you know I bet you know how to build a fire. I do know how to build a fire, do you know yeah. how to do like car stuff. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, with modern cars, it, it I could I could go into an older car because everything was bigger and more easily accessible uh-huh. and simpler now that... I mm-hmm. mean, with newer cars, most of the stuff is linked to a computer that you don't want to mess with. But, yeah, I mean, I could change oil. I could change my oil. So
1: you'd be a right-to-replace kind of guy.
0: A R- right-to-what is that? Isn't that... Did I say that right?
1: Um, Where people want to be able to... Uh, like, I think it's a big thing with Gion. Deer mm-hmm. where you can't fix your mower because it all is like computerized and shit like that. So if it breaks, you either bring it to them to fix it or you have to buy another one. And it's become this big consumer movement of, you have to give me, if I buy shit from you, it has to be shit that I can fix.
0: Yeah, you have to make parts available or at least, um, I mean, I feel like that's what aftermarket was for for a long time. What's that? Was even, even if you bought a GM car and they're like, oh, sorry, we don't make the part anymore. Um, There's there's a whole market for aftermarket <laughs> right. parts. Right, okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I guess with, um, you know, uh, with a lawnmower now that's computerized, it's like, oh, what are you gonna do? Go buy a new motherboard for your lawnmower? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it, that. I mean, I'm I'm sure that everything could be fixed or replaced at this point, but like, do you know how to do all those things? I don't. No,
1: it's it's for sure a thing. I saw something on Reddit recently where like people aren't they're buying like you know like red blooded. Americans aren't buying John Deere and they're buying some like Chinese company instead just strictly because John Deere like wouldn't listen to their whole right to replace thing. It's all, it's a, uh. it's a movement. And like, I cannot do a goddamn thing, but I, I, I support the whole hell out of what they're talking about. Cause yeah, fuck you. Like if you, if you have the skills and the toolbox to do that stuff, that is your, that is your right.
0: Yeah. You should be able to do that. And also, um, like my brother, my mm-hmm. brother is one of those people <laughs> who loves to, like, he would rather f- take apart his lawnmower and fix that one part himself than mm-hmm. go buy a new one any day. And he has the money to do it, but that would be his dream Saturday. Yeah, right. It's fun for him.
1: I love those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance?
0: Um, I have. Uh, I read that, I think I read it, like, when I was in eighth grade or something like yeah. that. So I don't, I don't nice even remember. not fixing, fixing motorcycle a lot. Yeah. Not a lot I, of Zen. Yeah, I was like, I remember. That. Yeah, all right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, wait, so you're gonna, here's, we're gonna, we're gonna up the ante though. Let's see, what would you do? Cause I, I think about this a lot. I, I do some stuff and some unfunny stuff in my stand up about this. If, uh, I have kids, you hear something goes bump in the night. Mm hmm. It's a home invader. This is like, uh, in, for sure. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Obviously, as a human being and as a, a husband and a parent, like one of my nightmare scenarios and despite the fact that it does trouble me to think about it, I've never put together an effective plan for. Like, I don't have a plan
0: of what you would do. Yeah, yeah, I have one. Do you? Um, I actually, it's uh, this comes from in. I had an apartment in New York that mm-hmm. had a it had a fire escape. Okay, right, where are we, where are we talking about now? Uh, Queens, New York. Yeah, okay. Um, right. so it was an apartment I had for two years, and I'd never had kind of a home invasion strategy because. But this apartment, we had, like, there were there was an apartment in my building where somebody climbed the fire escape, broke into the apartment in the building. So I was like, all right, well, uh, my apartment is so easily accessible, you could break into it so easily. So I slept with a hammer underneath my bed. And um, I also was, uh, I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. Really? Um, yeah, because I think that that came from being bullied mm-hmm. and my mom was like, I'm going to give you an outlet. And, um you know, Rogan talks about this a lot on his podcast that the more you know about fighting, the less you want to fight. So I think that's what people, people say to me all the time, they're like, wait, you're a black belt, but you're, you talk about being like conflict adverse. And I'm like, yeah, especially if you, if you have a weapon, you don't want to use it, you know, like you, you don't want to do this, but, um, I guess I feel like, with the hammer, and even in LA, I now still sleep with it underneath the bed, right by my side of the bed. I feel like with my Taekwondo skills and a hammer, I would have a fighting chance. But nobody has a chance against a gun, you know. Um, yeah, right. I could. I have crazy knife defense skills. You know, if somebody else has a knife, I feel very confident that you're not going to stab me, and I can kill you. But if you need you,
1: to do a whole stand up special about how you're not about, the man we think you are about
0: this that, well i talk about that a lot now on in my stand up about how i'm like a secret badass uh-huh. and like but it's funny because you know even when i'm admitting these things yeah. going like well this is manly about me people still they they still look at me like yeah but that's an asterisk you know like like you're um, almost like when you hear about Barry Bonds home runs, you go, yeah, but it's steroids. You know, it's like, I'm, I'll be like, I'm tough in these ways. And they're like, yeah, but you're a pussy, you know? <laughs> like, No, no, I, be- I believe you. Cause I've been around a lot of, of tough
1: people the way that you just said, yeah, yeah. If you have a knife around me, I think I'm pretty, that just, it was a very humble way that you said that you could probably disarm somebody with a knife. I, I, but you could be, you could be lying. I could, I could be wrong. I could be lying, but I, be, I believed you.
0: I could also get stabbed. You know that's yeah. that's the other thing is that um you know no no self defense situation is a hundred percent. And you you know uh, I was I was funny. I was down in Aruba with my friend Ray. He runs Aruba Ray's comedy club, and he's like he's like so if if a guy came in here wanting to fight, you think that you'd have a good chance? And I'm like, yeah, there there are a good amount of people that when they walk into a room you go yeah i think i could handle that you know um i might get hit i might get you know beat a little bit but i think that i could i could neutralize that person you know and he goes is there anybody that ever walks into a room where you're like i wouldn't want to tangle with that guy and uh and i was like yeah when one walks into this casino I'll tell you and this guy walked in that was such a bad dude like you could just feel it like he he felt like hell in a person and I go, yeah, that guy, Ray. And Ray goes, holy shit. He's like, I want to piss my pants right now just looking at that guy. And I was like, yeah, that guy knows how to fight, and he's evil, and you would never want to mess with that guy. And yeah, that, that guy is, uh, y- yeah, you... But, I mean, you know, the, it's... um Knowing the martial arts is not a guarantee No of course not um, it's no, just, it's just
1: you, 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 you 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 some people know that they' they stand no chance and you're saying that not only do you have the training but you feel like you have the mental composure as well that well oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I know how to do and that's a considerable amount of stuff and I like my chances
0: I like my chances and then you know also the the best thing. The thing that they teach you first in the martial arts is you don't want to fight. Like right. get out of the fight at all costs mm-hmm. including running, even if it's humiliating to run, run. If you can run, run instead of fighting. Like that's a better option because when you fight, one of you goes to the hospital, one of you goes to jail, usually.
1: Have you encountered um, a stand-up comedian that you don't think you could beat if if they went just just oh. went went full ham and started cleaning house backstage at the comedy store. Is there anyone you couldn't handle?
0: There's several people that uh that I know. Um I mean I'm I'm an acquaintance now, I guess, because I'm at the comedy store of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I would never want to fight him. Okay. So you I think mean, he's got you beat? Oh, easily. Um Lewis Gomez in New York. Sure. Uh definitely don't want to tango with Lewis. Um
1: He boxed in an event for the Jason Ellis show. Yeah,
0: he boxed in uh you know, Lewis It's and all I- heart. He's all hard. Lewis and I are good friends, but Lewis is also somebody who's, like, actively training right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, anybody anybody who is actively training, I wouldn't want to fight. Uh, Chris Stefano and I had this conversation in New York at the Cellar. He was like, I wouldn't want to fight you. And I was like, I wouldn't want to fight you because he – not only does Chris go to, like, you know, boxing training right now currently and everything like that, but I think Chris has, like, a hidden – um, you know Italian rage within him that I wouldn't want to tangle with Um, who else Um, it sounds like a good fight Kelsey Cook I yeah. uh, she's got those foosball forearms That's I would right. not I have... want her to I would not want to tangle have, with you, her have you foozed with her I haven't foozed I'm, with her I don't
1: even know why the people it's not it's not her show's not cool Yeah. She basically just has a show where she's like, let me. (laughs) Should I beat you easy or should I beat you real easy?
0: Yeah. Wrists of Fury is such a great watch on Instagram. Yeah. It's It's
1: such a great hidden element to uh, to her her backstory that she just, by the way, is uh, an unbeatable foosball champion.
0: Yeah, she's incredible.
1: Okay, let's see what else here. Do you think you could what do you do if you're alone on a trail, Pete Lee, and you get bit by a snake?
0: Oh god, um if I have a belt, I um you know, I do the tourniquet thing mm-hmm. where I squeeze it off. Yeah. Uh I find some rocks to um uh to amputate my leg on site. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean depending on my flexibility, do you try to I, maybe I would try to suck the venom out, uh you know, if I could do that. Um also uh you prepared to go full amputation though if I guess, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, you know, it's funny because I would say that out of the all the things I'm um, the least manly that I am is that I'm not an outdoorsman necessarily. Like my girlfriend loves to hike. And when I first moved from New York City out here, she took me to Arrowhead Lake Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's like, bring everything that you would need for the hike. And so I brought my credit card for some reason. I was like, dude, you need your credit card out there. There's nowhere to swipe a card, nothing, like, you're not going to see a hummingbird, and it's going to be like, good thing you brought your chase card, dude. Right. You know, but like, so that's how much of a city slicker I am when it comes to that, Uh but, yeah. But it's also funny, like, the, you know, there are people out there that have all the hiking gear, you know, and they have the, the walking sticks, and I saw this meme one time that said, uh, uh, congrats on all your gear, Uh my seven-year-old daughter did the same thing, wearing sandals and holding a Barbie doll. You know, like so it's I don't I don't know what's rugged and what's not at this point.
1: Uh, What about if you woke up on a sailboat and had no idea how you'd gotten there or where you were?
0: Oh, God. Been there. Have uh, you? <laughs> Boy, don't get me there. started on sailboats. Oh, my God. My whole life is sailboats and <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> um, Can you sail? Uh I cannot.
1: By the way, I every single one of the scenarios I've described so far, I die. I'm already dead every single You're time.
0: You're dead. Yeah. I think that I could. I would try I, you know i'd figure out where the sun's at where <clears> it's setting um i would try to figure out where the last place i was like if i was in california i'd probably sail east um this is these are all rational thoughts you're having you know um you can do the sail
1: thing you can pull that off
0: i don't i probably could figure it out um <sighs> damn i respect the hell out of you pete I, I i might be able to figure out but it'd be hard and i no one say, it no one said it'd be easy yeah no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no one said it'd be easy.
1: I mean, shit. Everything I wrote down here: a guy who's smaller than you with no weapon tries to mug you. You just hand him his ass and then apologize.
0: Yeah, I would. Uh, I it's it's funny. I've um I've been mugged in New York a few times. Mm, and, whereabouts? Uh, I was in Queens, New York, yeah. and um it's funny because one of the guys that mugged me was a guy that I kind of knew from the neighborhood. He's this homeless guy named Sandwich that like you know he just was crazy and he'd hang out by uh, Sunnyside Pizza. And, um, and I was, I was just, you know, walking to the train and like, I was like, dude, I'll just give you the money. But, um, he had a rusty knife and I have a whole bit about it, about how like he had like a rusty, like, like steak knife kind of a thing. And I was like, you don't need the rusty knife. knife <laughs> I was like, you're disgusting. Just like lick your hand and be like, I'll touch you. You know, <laughs> like, right. like I will touch you with my, whatever I have bacteria in my body. And, um, so yeah, yeah. there's no shot for that. Yeah. So he got $5 out of me, which, um, I used to do it where every time that I would get singles, I would, uh, I had this little bowl by my front door and I would take a few singles out to give to homeless people anyway. And it just was something that I liked to do. Cause you know, if you get a bunch of ones from somebody, what are you going to do? Like, I'm not really a strip club guy, you know? So I would just, you know, give them to homeless people and that'd be my thing. So I was like, I was probably going to, so I got mugged for money that I was going to give away anyway. Um, but anyway, what was the question? I got way off.
1: No, 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 no. That's 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 good. No, yeah. What would you do if somebody tried to mug you and you felt that you could physically take them? Hey, that's Michael Yo. Yeah, that is Michael Yo. <laughs> um. uh Yeah. No. The, and and that's the answer. I got. I in. You do get mug muscles. I am the least physically imposing person ever, and I told at least two people they were not allowed to mug me.
0: Yeah, you're not allowed to. Mo- yeah, I, w- and I was like, "Give me your money." I'm like, mm, no,
1: no, no, Don't you're not going to so do that. It was funny too back in the day uh, in Washington Square Park. You you know you bought, you went there to buy to buy weed. It yeah. was like this this funny little zone in New York that that you couldn't weed was illegal everywhere. But if you bought wanted to spend ten bucks on like the worst marijuana ever, as long as you did it in this tiny little you know one square block park, nobody was going to do anything about it. Yeah, and guys would come up to you and go, "Give me your money," and you're like, "No," and they go, "I got guys." at every exit of this park. <laughs> <laughs> You're surrounded <laughs> it's like, right really now. Really? I came here to buy $5 worth of weed. That seems like a pretty elaborate setup for what we're all here to do. That's yeah.
0: crazy. And now you go to Washington Square Park. There's still homeless people, and yeah. you, know, you can still buy drugs. Um, uh Todd Berry has that bit where the guy goes weed cocaine weed cocaine <laughs> and he's like what makes you think i'm cool enough for this conversation but um <laughs> i had it in new york where i actually defended um uh the last, this was the last fight i was in um i uh my, I, I got home i flew home from la on a red eye and i was uh, and so i got home at like 7am and i was asleep by like 9am so i had been sleeping for about an hour and I woke up at ten a m to he i lived on a second story um walk up on sixty second street and my dry cleaner Cho, who was next door to my apartment building um I just heard him screaming, "Help, help, help me!" and so I get up from a dead sleep and you know I'm just wearing pants and i I open up the window and I look out, and he's being like beaten by this meth head with a pipe. And so I threw on a sweatshirt i I remember to grab my keys, I run down there, and all I could think in that moment was like, "I get to fight like like i I wasn't scared like, "Oh, what if that guy has the pipe?" I was like, "Oh, I get to knock this guy out and okay I, I was ex- explain that to me is that do you think more
1: coming from uh, i've been training for this moment and i finally get to use it or uh, i'm going to you know do what's right and it's exciting that i get to be a hero or is it i have this cauldron of rage that i finally get to tap into
0: i think it's um i, I sh- i'm ashamed to say that it's mostly the last one mm-hmm. like oh i finally get to use my fighting skills for a just cause and maybe blow off a little bit of steam from this cauldron of rage. So a you know? delightful like,
1: combination of all three. Yeah,
0: like we all want to fight the guy and win who's like hurting the old lady kind right. of a thing. Right, yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so this was a friend of mine, you know, this is a justifiable target, Um, you yeah. know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, and, this is the
1: first three minutes of a Superman movie, this is the save the cat moment.
0: Yeah, and so I'm like, I just had this like joy, I felt joy. And <laughs> uh, so I run down there, I run out, and um and there was this guy who was like one of those exercise video, um, like muscle people, you know, that like he was famous for helping other people with their bodies through, you know, exercise videos. And Wait, it didn't look like one, he literally was that he guy literally so This is like Body by Jake? Yeah, literally was one of those guys. And um and so I'm out my door and I'm like Twelve feet past my door, this guy's like one foot past his door, and you could see that he had the same look in his eyes <laughs> like like I get to knock this guy out and yeah. I was looking at him like, I get to knock him out and um and the guy turn he sees me come in and he turns with his pipe, and I just fucking knocked him out so hard, and he was he was on right the, hand right hand right hand yeah like and he he's, his pipe his pipe like falls on the ground, and uh, I knock him out and I catch him. I like literally catch him too, because like a lot of times like if you knock somebody out, they're knocked out. If they're if they hit their head on the ground, they're dead. So yes. that's like catching them is the difference between a homicide and a cool punch. You know? And you had the presence of mind to
1: be aware of that and act on yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I literally like I was hitting him and then also reaching for him to like and so then I, I get him down on the ground and this dude, he was you know, he's a meth dude from the neighborhood. I had seen him before mm-hmm. Um, so we get him down on the ground and the first thing that we do is we just like we're we're getting ready for when he wakes up because when he wakes up it's gonna be crazy. And um by the way, my dry cleaner had been being beaten with this pipe and when I ran out, I felt like it was tunnel vision and I was just seeing him and whatever. As soon as I lay this guy down on the ground, I look around, there's a whole circle of people around me. Right. And Cho, my dry cleaner, he's just like like he's like slumped down now and he's bleeding. And there's two traffic cops from New York because um, uh, I don't. I think it was Bloomberg had this thing in New York that he wanted a cop on every corner. Uh, maybe it was Giuliani. I forget which one of them. But so the cops from the corner are just standing there, and I was like, "Dude, call nine one." I was like, "I was like, do you have handcuffs? So arrest this guy? You know what are you doing?" And they're like, "We're not allowed to get involved with fights." And I was like, "So you were just you just came and hung out and watched a fight as police officers?" And they're like, "Yeah, we literally can't do anything." So I was like, well, can you call 911? And they're like, yeah, we can call 911. And I was like, okay. Because I was like, my friend's bleeding, and this guy, like, something needs to be done with yeah, him. Yeah, criminal
1: or no criminal, he is unconscious.
0: Yeah. So the unconscious guy starts to become conscious after a few minutes. And um, and so me and the bodybuilder dude, like, we're just like holding him down. And we ended up getting these guys from Long Island. Like, we all sat on the dude. We sat on him for like 20 minutes until the cops came. Did he come too? He came to and he was not happy and he, you know, like I felt, I actually felt for the guy because I don't know, uh, I don't know if he was a good or bad person. I just know that meth makes it so that you're not driving the bus, you know, like this guy when he came to and he got clean and whatever might've been like, Oh my God, I can't believe that I hit that guy with the pipe. But, um, all I know is that it took the cops forever to show up We're sitting on this guy. He's going, you know, and he's yelling at us and, um, and the cops show up, and you know how cops don't just like pull up to the curb neatly; like they pulled up like sideways in the middle of the wo- road, like woo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they get Show-ups. out. Yeah, they get out. They put the dude in the car. Uh, they wanted to arrest me for fighting, and uh, Cho was like, "No, he saved my life." And then they wanted to arrest Cho for being in the fight. Even the my dry cleaner who was yeah. bleeding from the head, because he was part of the fight. And usually, they just arrest both people. I was like, "No, you absolutely can't." This guy was trying to rob him. Uh, you know, the, we went into the store. There was glass broken. There's blood all over the store from you know the because the fight spilled out. Into oh, and the street. it started
1: in the dry. The guy tried to rob the dry cleaner and it spilled out to the street. Yeah, okay.
0: And um, so they 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 lock the dude in the car. So they they lock the guy in the car and then they lock the keys in the car while it's running. The cop car. Oh my god! And so, um. <laughs> So uh, I'm just like, I'm like, this is a calamity, right? So the car's in the middle of the street. There's horns. Because people don't, in New York, it's not like you're a police officer and I'm going to respect that. They're like, I'm going to honk my horn at you if you're in my way. Because, as soon as the
1: clear and present danger is taken care of, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, road. efficiency yes. is everything. Absolutely, there. yes. And
0: I don't think people are rude in New York. They're efficient. Well, um, So uh, then for the next 20 minutes, they had to wait for their supervisor to come down with another set of keys so that they could get in the car and drive away. And um, but it it was crazy. Like these New Yorkers were honking at this cop car with this criminal on the back being like, hey, heroes, move your car. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so that was the last time that I fought. And, um, you know, I feel like it was for a just cause. But that's the only that's the only way that you would that you fight is if it's if it's necessary, you know.
1: I don't think I've ever been more surprised by a guest in my entire <laughs> life than I'm I I love being I always say I love being wrong about people cuz so often with people what you see is what you get but you uh you contain multitudes.
0: I yeah, I I think I have a lot of layers but um you know, I always say that I don't have a lot of physical fear. I have social fear. Like I have social anxiety. I have um
1: Well, you're in the right me, line of work?
0: Yeah, I'm in the right line of work for that. But yeah, so like <laughs> Like, if I I, have, I had a joke that I did where I, I talked about, you know, like, the Taekwondo background, and I was like, so I don't have physical fears, I have social fears. So, like, if you're punching me in the face, I'd be like, ow, but if you were like hit me in the face and you were like your hair sucks i'd be like dude that, that hurts <laughs> well that would be a lot you have terrific hair oh well, thank you salon quality
1: thanks a lot for coming by uh do not fuck with pete lee but come see him performing live he has tour dates at pete lee dot net and you're
0: at pete lee tweets yep and on instagram i'm pete lee pete lee pete lee it's my name three times. Just Petley, Peatley, Peatly. See what you did there. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. <laughs>